Welcome to our podcast, Parenting by the Pint. Enjoy the show! Greetings, Minivan Mafia. Lauren and I are longtime friends from Chicagoland that love getting together to chat about life, kids, family, and beer. Each week, we'll feature a brewery and sample at least two of their beers. We'll also discuss a variety of topics ranging from parenting, pop culture, travel, marriage, and just about anything else that comes to mind. Welcome back, everybody. Hey, everyone. Another episode. All right. Here we go. Yeah, we're going to drink something from a very small brewery today that someone, a friend of the podcast, brought us some beer, and we're going to give it a try. I love trying small breweries because you would never know they even existed otherwise, and that is the best. So getting it as a gift from somebody makes it even better because... I probably never would have it. Yeah, exactly. We did uh, another small brewery recently from Indiana. This one is from Effingham, Illinois. Um, Effing Brew, actually, which I kind of love the name. (laughs) Um, So we're going to drink some of them today. I'm going to try not to drop this growler. That's a very weird shape. (laughs) It is. It is interesting. So they don't don't distribute, so you can really only get it there. And they've got some growlers for us. And uh, my friend... Megan, who we will be talking to soon, um, was going down to Effingham to pick up, or the area, I think Newton actually, to pick up some books. She wrote a children's book, and she was going to pick them up, and she thought of us and picked up some beer for us. So That was very kind of her. Yeah. I'm always grateful for beer gifts. That's like, you can always, you know, I know we did the gift episode already. We did. We should have added beer to that list, right? I will say that's a really good, like, if you don't know what to get me... You can 100% get me beer, and I will 100% of the time be grateful for it. So you're pretty much always going to succeed with that delightful beer-related item. Um, So what is this beer called again? You said it, and I don't remember. It's a Hefeweizen. It is. It's Effen Heffen. Effen Heffen. I was. I knew I was going to get it wrong, and you had the bottle cap, so I was yes, like, "She's yes, going to have yes. to say the name of it again." It is a Hefeweizen. Oh man, I'm going to say that wrong again. Hefeweizen. It is a 4.5 percent ABV. Um, I know it's not your favorite beer style. I'm but not a big Hefeweizen fan, but I did already take one sip, and it didn't completely appall me. Fantastic. So. I will take that. <laughs> I don't love nor hate Hefeweizens. Okay. I'm generally indifferent to them. Most people are pretty horrified when I tell them that I'm not a Hefeweizen fan. I think it's because in the scheme of a beer appreciator, Hefeweizens are pretty standard. Mm-hmm. Like, when you're talking about, like, German beer. Oh, yeah, for it's sure. It's one of the, like, four anyone would name. Yes. And... It might be one of the more popular not seasonal yes. beers. Yeah, no, absolutely. You're probably right. Um, and I just, I don't know. I just have had a, a handful years and years ago. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's kind of the opposite of how I feel about most other beer styles is, you know, the first time I had a couple of stouts, especially ones with adjuncts in them, I was like, 
this is not for me. And now I love that stuff. True, true. And this went the other way. I uh, tried a couple and never really gave it another thought. Never okay. really tried anymore. Yeah. And I mean, we drank that Hefeweizen, that episode where we talked about our least beers favorite beer like, styles. Yes. <laughs> and what did we get? Like, uh, what was the name of that brewery that we got it from? Oh, uh, we got Goldfinger. Goldfinger, that's right. Yeah, yeah. and they're, that's a pretty standard for yeah. them. Yeah. Well, they're really big into the German style mm-hmm. uh, lagers and things like that. Yeah. And I just did not love that one either. And that was mm. almost two years ago, I think. Wow. Yeah. That sure. we drank that. Yeah. Um, and I just, I don't know. I don't know my, why it just doesn't yeah. hit me right. I don't know. My favorites aren't, I don't love wheat beers. Yeah. And it is a heavy wheat beer, mm-hmm, generally mm-hmm. speaking. But I think that a lot of wheat beers are fruit flavored. So I think that that might be some of why I don't love some is of the wheat sweet, beers. Is it too sweet? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Like, and I feel like, uh, I don't know. I feel like the wheat and the fruit sometimes are at odds with each other. I think a normal half of ice, and some people say they get banana from it. Uh, yeah. I have never gotten that, though. Really? To me. Like, I never get banana. Hmm. And I know that's a very popular undertone I that was a lot gonna of people say, get. I was going to say, actually, I didn't really get that from this beer that mm-hmm. we're drinking, is that I usually get banana from half of ice. And that's one of the things I don't like about them, because I yeah. don't like banana, banana or banana flavoring. And I so, like banana flavoring, which is interesting. Huh. I get more clove in yeah. this than I get yeah. other. That mm-hmm. is the, the flavor that I get more um, than... A, maybe a different half a ways than I would have had, but I feel like I get a little more clove. Yeah, out of maybe. This one. Yeah. So I mean, it's not it's not horrible. I think it's a decent half a ways, actually, for someone who doesn't hate them. Well, so, yeah, um. I won't speak to where where it falls on the uh, scale of half a <laughs> since I'm not a fan and I can't really say a lot of yeah. positive things about most of them. But I do not strongly dislike this. Yes, this isn't bad. So, <laughs> all right, Effing Brew. Uh, I said it's it's in Effingham, Illinois. Um, family owned and operated. Uh, well, I mean, it's a it's a small company op- opened in 2018. It also has a full restaurant and has since it opened. Um, the idea actually came from Eric, who's one of the the head brewers and owners. Um, met uh colby one of the three kind of founders of effing effing brew um at at a wedding and he um actually had the suggestion or idea or you know um want to brew beer from the pub that this colby person owned okay um you know he had homebrewed in the past or you know they said they were like basement brewers um and colby said you know i don't think that's a good fit but let's find a location that is okay and so eric his cousin wound up chad wound up um being the two kind of head brewers colby the three of them had this idea to open a brewery in effingham it was going to be the first brewery in effingham um there's really no other brewery for like 70 miles like it's kind of in the middle of nowhere um so they felt like there was a demand for it and they looked for a place and they found a great location that already had a kitchen actually their original plan was to just open a tap room okay um you know brewery tap room not 
necessarily restaurant and whatnot but since the location that they found had a kitchen already um you know they they went all in and they started with a kitchen they actually um smoke their own pulled pork and ribs in house they um source all of their meat from a local um place in effingham they try and source everything locally as much as they can uh supporting you know that kind of small town feel there's only I think 15 to 20 employees it's a very small operation okay. it's not you know they don't again they don't distribute you have to go there to eat and drink and whatnot um i'm sure not many people know about it but if you're driving through southern central-ish illinois um give them a look uh they have about 10 original beers on draft on average um okay. at all times their food um was very good megan and her family said their food was really good so they that's, did stop and they ate there that's um great. yeah so and then um they actually have their own kind of mug club you can purchase a mug with your name on the bottom of it Aww. so every time you go in you can you know get your mug for future visits and whatnot and drink whatever they've got on tap um nice so yeah so again another home brewer turned you know translates into brew pub type story but yeah. um again small town cool um you know again it's I don't, I'm not sure. I never even looked at the map to see where Effingham is, but I'm well, guessing... Well, I actually drove through Effingham when we came back from Shawnee. Oh, when we okay. went on the trip last year. We drove through there. It's kind of the midpoint between, let's say, Carbondale and mm-hmm. Champaign. Okay. All right. And I know someone's going to sit down and draw like a line sure, and show close. me how that's, that's fine. maybe not the case, but it was... The midpoint for us, because mm-hmm. we stopped there for lunch okay. on our way home, and we stopped in, and, gotcha. and we stayed maybe like an hour further north or something like that, okay. and then drove and visited Champagne the mm-hmm. next morning-ish, and then That might home. be the next closest brewery, though, realistically, oh, yeah, right? is, you probably know, in Champagne. probably Champagne, Urbana yeah, when you area, said 70 Danville, miles, Brantool, yeah. I would, I would guess yeah. it probably is somewhere in the Champagne area, yeah, then. that would make sense. That would sense. be a good guess. So... Um, um, we actually, just as an interesting side note, went mm-hmm. to a restaurant in Effingham when we drove through called Ooh. the Firefly Grill, Ooh. and probably one of the best restaurants I've almost ever eaten wow. at, which is a weird thing to say, but just when you all when you think about all of the elements, mm-hmm. so the food was really good. Mm-hmm. Was it the best cocktail? Was it the best steak? Was it the best? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Sure, sure. But it was really, really good. The environment was amazing it's a gorgeous place and a gorgeous cool. piece of land a gorgeous building the service was fantastic Ooh. the drinks were really good i got like this little lavender infused cocktail Ooh, thing that was really good <laughs> they had a little pond in the back with like fish that the kids could feed oh, wow. that was really nice they had a beautiful patio like deck area where you could just sit in a rocking chair and have a drink if you wanted sounds very pleasant it was <laughs> awesome i could like have my bachelorette party there hypothetically for your if next I were wedding that. yeah maybe okay. next Got time because it. okay. it's just like it's there's nothing else around and i could spend the entire day there just like relaxing and having a well, couple if you're drinks. driving through effingham you've got a brewery to visit with effing brew you've got a restaurant to visit with firefly, firefly. Grill. all right yeah so look so you can spend at least you know at least an evening and an yeah. afternoon i mean i think you could probably get two meals out of it there you for go sure. yeah so if you ever are at the point where you have to drive through effingham illinois 
Well, and one other thought, we've talked about Casey, Illinois. Yes, and the Casey, big things. Yes, and Casey, Illinois, with all of the big things, is only like half an hour from Effingham. Perfect. Look, we just planned a weekend. Yeah, like a, so you yeah. could stay in Effingham, have dinner, go to Casey in the morning, come back, have lunch and in have Effingham, and head Perfect. home. Perfect. This is see look there's right? your there's your overnight plan. I know. All right, yeah, Casey, Illinois. We've been talking about going to see the big things. Yeah, we're gonna do it. You we're guys. actually gonna do this trip. At I, some yeah, point. it is going, it's to, going happen. to happen. Lauren and I just need to get our ducks in a row. And yeah, right now our right ducks now, are more like squirrels. Yeah, running they're just around. running around like frantic people. We just yes. don't have ducks. They're just gone. Yeah, no, the ducks are there. There, there are no. Ducks. <laughs> but I will definitely. This go is on happening. This trip, All right, for sure. I like it. Good plan. All right, effing brew. So. We talked about briefly that we got this beer from my friend Megan when she was going down to pick up her newly released children's book, um, which we will talk about another time. But we decided to talk about books today. Yeah. And I think that it's a great subject. And I'm glad we'll talk again with Megan about it Mm -hmm. because we can touch back on some of the things we're going to talk about tonight with her. Yeah. But what I love about talking about books that we've loved growing up and as adults and maybe some books that our kids enjoy and things Mm -hmm. like that is that it not only is going to inspire people to maybe read or look at some of the stuff that we share, but we're going to get the opportunity to kind of realize how those books have formed us and Mm. how they've kind of like turned us in. Because when I was making my list, I was kind of like, wow, this list of books kind of, kind (laughs) of... informs a lot about me i think that is kind of interesting <laughs> when you think about it it was almost like that a, way it was almost like an analysis of my like mental <laughs> situation and you know what i feel like <laughs> i feel like that my book tastes have changed and i'm not talking like i was a kid and i read different books but as i've grown up as an adult in different situations I'm in. Like, I used to read Chuck Palahniuk books a lot. Uh-huh. And they were really interesting. They kept my attention. And I haven't read one in a very long time, but I feel like I would have a different just take on Sure, because you're, like, in a different place now, in your life. a very different place. So I really feel like, you know, you may really like a book at this point in your life, but 15 years from now, that might change based off of all of the different experiences you've had and and things like that. So Right. Um yeah, so I I I agree with you but also just adding to that it you know it really does kind of give a almost insight into you as a person what books you currently are enjoying. I think you're totally right to go the other direction and to say that as an adult books that I've read previously that maybe I wouldn't now enjoy mm, yeah. and vice versa. And mm-hmm. I think that's I mean, we talked about that when we did the movie episode a little bit. Yes, we talked about very much. a movie that you used to enjoy that you don't think you would enjoy now mm-hmm. or that you saw recently and didn't yeah. did not like the way you I think you're totally you right. Books are really the same same way. So. Absolutely. <laughs> so right. I'm going to start out yes. and share some books that I remember from being a child okay. uh, and and positive experiences. I don't really have any stories about negative book reactions as a child yeah no i i I don't recall any of the books that i didn't like as a child i mean you know when you throw in high school i could make a list of oh every book that i I needed to read read. yeah those i all hated let's put that in there but let's avoid that (laughs) because i'm not here to tell you that i didn't like reading of human bondage i'm here heights yeah yeah (laughs) wuthering heights oh man uh but 
I was really into Sesame Street books. Oh. And it's funny because I sat down in your basement and I looked over at this little yurt. That oh, yeah. Have. That's Ileana's daughter's Christmas present. Oh. I've already sent her a picture of it. I'm oh. like, this is bigger than I anticipated when I purchased it. So. It's really cute. <laughs> Isn't it adorable? But inside the yurt mm-hmm. is a book called The Monster at the End of This Book. Mm-hmm. And that is on my list. It's my oldest. It's one of his favorite books. There's I an app on love- the, the iPod. Oh, yeah. Or iPad. And he will go and have it read to him over and over and over again. He I love that book. I love yeah. that book. And I felt the same way about mm-hmm. it, too. I could have read it over and over again. I used to have this, like, I don't even know how you would describe it now. It was almost like a, a desk thing that you could put on your lap that had cassettes. Oh, and yeah. little buttons, and huh. you could read books on it. Okay. You could put th- and I had the monster at the end of this book nice. on cassette, uh-huh. and you would put the book in place, and then as you would turn the page, you would hit a button okay. that you were hitting the green button or the red button mm-hmm. to stop and it or would to continue. Audio to you. And he would say to you, oh, no, don't turn the page again. And yes. it was like, I just loved it. It's such a positive memory for me. Um, and I also really enjoyed the Upside Down book, which is another Sesame Street book. Mm. And the reason I think that one stuck out in my mind is I'm pretty sure it was the first book I read myself. Oh. I remember okay. reading with my dad a lot, actually, growing up. Yeah. And I remember reading the Upside Down book, and I remember one day him being like, it's your turn. You're going to oh, read it. Oh, yeah. And I read the whole thing. And I don't know if I had it memorized or if I read it. I, I don't know now. It was too long ago. Sure. Oh, my gosh. I couldn't. I Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't think most I don't people remember, remember the first book they I successfully read. definitely don't. I could. I don't even think that my own children, who are much closer to the age where that had happened to them, I well, don't tell think you the twins book. could tell me what yeah. book was the first book they read. I doubt it. I don't know why that memory sticks out. I remember laying in my bed and my dad sitting next to me and reading this book and mm. him being like, okay, it's your turn. And it was, it's just a positive, you know, yeah. core memory, I mm-hmm. suppose. The other book that I remember from childhood that I really enjoyed was the Butter Battle book. Oh, the Dr. Okay. Seuss book. I, I liked a lot that. of those Dr. Seuss books, the ones that were like the larger books with like two or three stories in them. Mm-hmm. Butter Battle was its own, though, I think. I'm but pretty like, sure it was, but but like I do remember that book, too. And the, I will note, the Butter Battle book would be phase one in my becoming an adult and being who I am, apparently, because <laughs> I guess I feel pretty strongly about not bothering people <laughs> and just leaving them alone. And apparently that started with the Butter the Battle Butter Book. Book. <laughs> and it, keeps, it goes on from there. See, it forms you. Yes, Plus. yes. So what about you? Uh, Do you have any childhood books you want to share or growing up books? I have a couple so older, but I'll... I really don't remember many almost any childhood okay Mm -hmm. like the first books i remember reading as a kid were more like chapter books like the babysitter's club books and things like that so but the book that i read probably in fourth grade and a million times after that was the secret garden which is a novel like it's not even like a chapter book i'm pretty sure i saw that book and put it back because i was like this i had a copy that was like totally tattered that I had read over and over and over again. I was the kid that I had a flashlight under my blanket and I would stay up at night reading, which both of my twins do currently. (laughs) I actually just, instead of, 
So my daughter, I walked in the other day and she had, this was a little bit ago, she had her, she still has a like, sound machine that has a nightlight on it and she had turned the nightlight on and she was using it as a light to read oh a book goodness. and I was like, just get a flashlight. Like, I know you should be going to bed, but if you're going to do this anyways, let's just, not. just get a flashlight. Yeah, let's do it right. Like, let's let's do, do it this. right. Let's not have this corded thing in your bed. I like, know, right? <laughs> This is just set up for disaster. But I would read The Secret Garden over and over again. I don't know why. I haven't read it since I was a kid. My mother actually last Christmas bought me a like special edition copy of it, which I need to read again. I haven't gone back partially because I'm like, I don't know if I want to not hate, like not like it it and ruin kind of that childhood memory of like that was my favorite book. So we'll see. I'll probably read it. I kind of have to. I feel like I yeah, have to read maybe. it. Yeah, maybe. I think you um, do. I think but you have to read that it. was like, that was one of my favorite books of all time when I was a kid. Like, and that's I would good, always yeah. go back to it for some reason. I don't know why. But. Well, that's good. Yeah. I uh, tried to think about some books old, when I was a bit older, still mm-hmm. kind of what I would call like childhood or high school aged. I remember reading um, Of Mice and Men. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. enjoying that book. Um, I just thought it was it was one of those stories where you really connected with the characters. Yeah. Uh, I remember reading Flowers for Algernon. Oh, I remember that book. Yeah. I forgot about that. Which yeah. I think we read in like eighth grade or something. It was yeah, before high school. Yeah, before high school, I think. Yeah. And that story, which I'll say a little bit about because I remember it better than Of Mice and Men, but... Uh, <laughs> Was about this this man who w- had mental deficiencies mm-hmm. and uh, underwent like an experiment of some kind where I think they gave him like a drug or something. And he is keeping a journal. That's mm-hmm. how the book is. And as the journal goes on, his writing becomes far more intelligent and thorough. And he's like having these really in-depth thoughts and he's logging all of this and then he slowly kind of comes off of the drug and, mm-hmm. and goes back to how he was before. Mm-hmm. And it's just a really beautiful story. Yeah. It's sad, but it's yeah. a beautiful story. Mm-hmm. And then we get to phase two of Kara's <laughs> development into an adult, I think. And <laughs> I remember reading A Modest Proposal by Jonathan Swift, which is oh. the story about suggesting that the people eat babies yep (laughs) because they're starving and the government isn't taking care of them (laughs) man yeah i just remember the way he would talk i i read a a really little excerpt of it today because i was trying to remember the name of it i remembered it was written by jonathan swift but i couldn't Mm. remember the name of of the essay uh and when i looked it up it it turned up a little piece of it and it was just him talking about how delicious <laughs> toddlers are basically and of course it's all satire it's all right 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 yeah it's you know, not i totally get it and i yes. just remember being like how mad was this guy <laughs> that th- <laughs> that this is what he wrote he was like you know, yeah you know what fine 
How about if we just eat babies? How about that? That is an interesting, like, where does the author have to be to be like, I mean, this is what I'm writing. Yeah, no, that's a... I mean, I always thought William Shakespeare must have been really upset most of the time because, like, all uh, yeah. of his stories are so, like, raged. There's so much anger in a lot of the, like, more dramatic pieces that he wrote. Yeah. He just had to be like, he must have felt really unloved. I don't know. Aww. <laughs> Did he not feel loved? I yeah, don't know. Yeah, that's that's fair. That's fair. But yeah, so those oh. were some of the ones that I kind of came up with pre-adult. Okay. Pre-adult. Okay. Um, as I became an adult, some of the things that stuck out for me, I've read a lot of series. Okay. Um, Stephen King writes a series. It's called the Dark Tower series. It's about a, the same character, and it's seven books. Okay. And it's kind of like a... I would call it like an adventure with there's a little bit of like supernatural because it, it is Stephen King. So it takes place in his yeah. usual universe yeah. where there's a little bit of that. It's not horror, though. Hmm. OK. Um, I think I do enjoy like fantasy a little bit. I like Lord of the Rings. I read all of those books. I enjoy Harry Potter. I've read all of those. I'm, I'm like the opposite. I don't. <laughs> I I will go to historical fiction. Okay. Before I go to fantasy. Yeah. Well, my so, son is like that. Yeah. And I'll get onto that, but yeah, no, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. So I'm and not that I haven't tried. Um I've definitely tried. Like I read some of the Harry Potter books. I didn't read all of them. Okay. Um I enjoy the movies of those. I just I, the books they were fine, but they weren't something that I was like, I need need to read the next one of this. I feel like, and I thought about this when I was making my list, mm-hmm. if Harry Potter had come out when I was whatever age they think you should start reading Harry Potter, let's say sure. like 10. Yeah. My 11, daughter's whatever age Harry, Harry's one now. Yeah. Harry's 11. So around sure. then, within sure, sure, a year sure. or two, yeah, kind of in that, that direction, sense. I guess, when he's 11, when he goes off to Hogwarts. So... Okay. um. You know, I don't know if I would have read them. I don't know if at yeah. that point, if I would have been like, oh, everybody really loves these books. I should read them. Like, I don't know if I would have felt that well, way that's at like that time. When the Hunger Games books came out, I, I couldn't, I tried picking one up and it yeah. did not keep my attention at all. Like, yeah. I couldn't, not that I, I just, I felt no drive. Like, sometimes I'll pick a book pick up a book and I will finish it that day. Yeah. I've 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 read a whole book on the flight to Napa. Like yeah. I, I There you go, right? But I just it, it didn't it didn't draw me in. I don't know why. Yeah. Like I well, just I have a book on my list that I thought of that I felt that way cuz when we sat down I started thinking of some books that I didn't particularly mm-hmm, enjoy. Mm-hmm. And one of them is another Stephen King book. It's The Stand. which is about a virus wiping out the (laughs) majority of the planet. You don't Uh, say. Yeah. So I never finished that book, and I'm kind of glad I didn't. Right? Yeah. uh, I don't know how it would have, (laughs) that would have impacted my uh, mindset about our current situation. (laughs) But I found it incredibly dull, and there were so many Mm. characters in it. The whole premise is that everybody starts out scattered, 
And so you're reading the stories of like all these I don't know eight or ten okay. main characters, mm-hmm. and they're all over the place. They're all over the planet. All well, I think they're in the U.S. I'm not sure. I don't okay. remember. But and and ultimately they kind of start to be gra- like to gravitate toward each other, sort of. So they okay. all kind of, I think, end up together. Okay, but and, you're reading them from all these different. Yeah, stories. but you start out all apart. Okay. Yeah, and it was just like too much it was so boring and the book is like a thousand pages i'm not exaggerating it's like well that's a like thousand i've pages. tried probably 10 times to read anna karenina can't do oh it. heavens literally no. can't i could not read like that. i tried i tried again i just was like i i can't i can't do it like it's not not gonna happen yes and like there's been a couple books that i've picked up and put down a handful of times in a row and i i, I try and then i'm just like all right this is enough trying I'm just moving on. Yeah, it's not meant to be, right? Yeah, I I was trying to think of one of the books that I did not like and could not um could not finish right before we started recording. And I went upstairs and I'm like, "All right, I must have donated it because at Cause some point because finally I was just like I gave up." And I don't remember what it was, which clearly means I didn't care. Um right. but there was a bit and a handful of books in my lifetime. Usually I just struggle through and I finish it just to finish it. But there's definitely been a handful of books that I just can't do it. And now it's different. Like before I had kids and when I traveled all the time for work, like I always had two books with me like yeah, all the time, sure. whether yeah. I took the train, whether I was on a plane, whatever. So I was reading more often. Plus I had more free time. Yeah. Well, now that I have much less free time, I'm got a, yeah, you know, I'm more be particular. I'm picking more what I want to read than being like, oh, I need to finish this. Now, if I don't like it, I'm just like, screw it. It's not it worth it. I don't care. Done. Yes. I'm currently struggling to read a book uh, that I've talked about with you a couple of times. Mm. I'm reading Barrel Aged and Selling Out, which oh, yes. is the story of how Goose Island was founded. Mm-hmm. At the beginning, that is essentially what the book is about. It talks about John Hall, who's the founder, mm-hmm. and it talks about his son, Greg Hall, who ends up becoming the brewer, the, the head brewer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm at the point in the book where they've sold Goose Island to AB and Bev. Mm-hmm. And I think John Hall is like basically about to retire. He doesn't immediately do that after selling. Mm-hmm. He stays on as like a VP or okay. something or like the manager you know or something at the location Mm -hmm. you know downtown and greg has moved on um and it's just the book is written from the perspective of this person Mm. who kind of decided how he felt about everybody and you can see that perspective as the story goes on yeah so you you get the feeling that he thinks that like you know, Greg, or I'm sorry, John Hall, the mm-hmm. founder, is like this cold, calculating businessman. Mm. And that when the dollars and cents were not adding up to the right number, we have to sell. And who cares? Let's just sell. We succeeded. We created a craft brewery that everybody loves. We, we're done. We don't have to do mm-hmm. anymore. We did it. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's a very strange thing to read a book that has so much of an argument in it like yeah, that. It's not it's, it's not just factual. It's also it's not, not written from the actual 
It's not autobiographical. No, John didn't write it, Greg. So, it's not even someone who used to work at Goose Island. Yeah. It's just like a reporter. Right. So it's a very different perspective that's definitely bleeding in their opinion yeah. into it. And as like a result... a big editorial. <laughs> yeah, and as a result... And it's just... It's a little boring because mm-hmm. you get a little tired of, like, the same mm-hmm. opinion. Sure. And it's also, like... It's just going on and on. I can't, I can't imagine. I'm reading it on my Kindle, so I kind of don't know how long the book is mm. versus how far in I am. If you had an actual book, you might be like, "All right, I'm gonna." Flip I'm almost and find, done. Like, yeah. Like, but I am just like, how is there more of this? Yeah. How am I not done with this book Ugh. yet? What more are we gonna say? How yeah. is there? I mean, I was at a point where I felt like I had read the entire story of how they found a goose island up until the point where they sold it to AB InBev. And I was like 40, 60% of the way. Like, Like, what more do they have to say? I had 60% of the book done. And I was like, is there just like a bunch of diagrams at the end? Right. The recipes in here? What is this? Yeah, what is at the end? Is it just like all the labels? Right. For what's the rest of the 40%? Why is this book so long? So I don't know that I'll ever finish it. I don't know. I still have it. And I I don't know. I go back to it occasionally. But I also, in the meantime, started and finished the first book in the Witcher series, which I was, is sort of my vibe, like those other books that I was talking about. Yeah. Um, And I just, you know, bought the second one. Why not? So I don't know how that's going to go down. No, that's cool. I, I, I I go in between historical fiction which i will try and read almost any book there's a a whole bunch of different books that i've read on that and then i'll read like complete and utter fluff books that are like not you know beach reads you can finish in a few hours like sure it's it's usually i alternate because i'm like oh that was kind of heavy i'm just gonna read something that's light yeah and i'll go back and forth between the two and that's definitely i don't read a lot of series i feel like the genres that i read there's not a ton of historical fiction series sure there's a lot of one-offs that are all you know often about you know times of war different countries or lots of different things i just read um what was it the storyteller of casablanca um and that was a one-off you know i read back in the day like all of the dan brown books like the da vinci code and stuff that all turned into movies which okay they were fine they progressively got worse i felt like but i've never read any of those they were fine i feel like once they got really popular the writing i don't know the like one of the last books i think there were like four just it was a they were they were a big stretch anyways to a lot of them they like pulling the illuminati and the first one partially was interesting because there were a lot of places in europe that they stopped at that we had just like been to or were going to i was like oh this is kind of cool you know relevant yeah so sometimes that you know oh i'm gonna i'm going to rome like or i'm going to see this or whatever sometimes that is kind of interesting um but they i wouldn't say they were great books um yeah fair they kept my attention um there's you know there's a lot of there's just a lot of books out there i feel like there's so many like i get recommendations off of all different kinds of facebook pages and i can't even keep up with the like hundreds of different book recommendations i have saved in my phone so (laughs) i'm like oh what am i gonna read next yeah Um, i will say one thing i've never really read at all Mm -hmm. is 
books that kind of border on like self-help or like what you would almost consider inspirational or motivational writings. I don't read any of those. You don't read those either? No. I, every once in a while, so I used to sell 31. Yep. And when I would go to the conferences, that subject would come up every now and then. And not because we were watching the author or mm-hmm. some meeting sure. the author of a book or anything but just every once in a while someone would be like oh have you ever read girl wash your face or Rachel whatever Hollis. that whatever that book's called yep. and i'm just kind of like no yeah i don't know i mean i don't want to say that i have plenty of self-confidence and i don't need to read a book that is trying to inspire me to have more because that's not true no, no. i mean i definitely have moments regularly where i'm not sure what i'm doing oh every day i question but, what i'm doing and how yeah no. and if it's a good idea yeah. no 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 it's not that i don't think that i could use some more self-awareness for me it's that i use reading as a hobby right. for enjoyment yes and to me reading a self-help book is not enjoyable to me no i agree so. i mean and I would go the same. I would say the same thing, and was kind of going that route. I would rather go to therapy. I would rather talk to someone. Yeah, or yeah, have a conversation with someone than read a book. Reading a book to me, that's my escape. Like lots of people watch movies or TV shows or yeah. video games. I read books. Yeah. Like my husband might go and watch some who knows random show or listen to a podcast or right. other things. And it's not that I don't do those things. But if it's me and I'm home alone, I will just sit and read. Yeah. Like that is my escape, my enjoyment. And I've had people give me self-help books, not necessarily because they think I need help, but because they they got something out of it and they are trying to share that with others, which I respect. Mm-hmm. But it's not my thing. No. Yeah. Me neither. No. I, it isn't. But I'm glad if somebody... Yeah. If that makes you feel good, if it is your form of oh, enjoyment, yeah, like sure. it's really awesome. I think that you and I have already demonstrated. I mean, we obviously have different tastes yeah. in books right. and both get which the same fine. thing out of them. <laughs> yes. Which is yes. the escape or mm-hmm. the enjoyment or the relaxation or just the peace yeah. of reading. Yeah. I, I thoroughly, and there's some people that hate reading or they just can't get into it. We, I was with a group of girls and one person literally like looked at two of us and was like, you guys read? <laughs> and the handful of us that read were like, yep. And she was like, like books? And we're like, yep. Yep. Yeah. Like books. For fun? Also, yes. Yes. For fun. For enjoyment. <laughs> so some people have their thing, which is totally cool. And some, t- some people self-help books are like the Rachel Hollis books or Mel Robbins has a book or like these things are how you better yourself and that's works for some people obviously it works for a lot of people because those people are millionaires so clearly it works for people I am just not one of those people me neither which is fine but hey more power to you some people are some people shut down when they talk to others so they have to internalize more and read things and do it themselves because they aren't as comfortable communicating verbally which is clearly not our problem so absolutely not this (laughs) is how i keep going is by saying everything out loud to another person ideally they're there sometimes i'm by myself and i just talk 
I uh, am <laughs> really bad at monologuing what I think is going to take place in a future conversation to myself, even though I can't predict what the other person will say. I definitely do that on oh, a regular basis. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I have done that with conversations that may never happen and also oh, yes. aren't yes. important conversations. Yeah, same, same. I had an entire conversation with myself earlier today about what I would say if I met Chris Evans at Comic-Con in San Diego. And <laughs> the I odds of that happening are think, slim. <laughs> I, can't, I can't think of why on earth I would need to practice that conversation ahead of time when it will probably never, almost for sure, right? never happen. I won't say 0% because we're both still alive. Sure, and I would say unless one of us was dead, there's always a chance you're going to have a conversation with someone. But a very slim one. <laughs> very slim so what no is that? i definitely yeah the the talking thing is more my i do that more my therapy Absolutely. than the book thing is before we drink this next one i don't know how many more books you have to talk about but i want yeah, to talk about a couple books that my kids enjoy. yeah i have a couple of those as well so that's pretty much um, it for me which is kind of funny because some of the books that i even asked the twins like when you were little, what books like do you recall me reading to you or are you enjoying? And the twins both said the same book, Brown Bear, Brown Bear, What Do You See? Oh, nice. And I know that my oldest um, likes that book as well. When he was in a really bad time of having meltdowns a lot, I would sit and read to him to distract him from like we have a hole in the stairs that he kicked from one of his meltdowns and I would get down on the floor and I would read to him and that was one of the books that would like distract him that he would sit and listen to me reading and it like helped calm him down right so that one was for everybody and that was a book that was out when we were kids like it's old the other one that my kids or at least my oldest like was chicka chicka boom boom okay do you remember the weird alphabet book with the coconut tree (laughs) it's a strange book Mm. it doesn't make any sense it's just the alphabet that they climb up a coconut tree and then the tree falls over so (laughs) awesome but we read something similar to that that was like cars and it was an alphabet book and it was like yeah similar idea i think again from when we were kids um the rainbow fish is an excellent book okay i I don't know that one um and then my the kids all like they have a bunch of my old books from when i was a kid all the berenstein bears books yeah we read a ton of those my oldest read a lot of we read a lot of those with him yes and even even later when he's now not very recently but mm-hmm. even when he started to get a little bit older yeah we would read them with him and he just really enjoyed reading like this. especially so the good. holiday ones too like yeah. there was always ones like there's a halloween one and an easter one and a christmas one and all of those and whenever it was close to the holidays they would want to read them and they still translate like the most of them we, were written when we were I kids know. we have too much tv which is oh, a berenstein bears book we have that, too much junk food we have too much junk yeah. food um, and we read too much TV to my older son when we felt like he yeah. was watching too much sure, TV. Sure, sure, yeah. And it was super helpful. It actually yeah. worked. He was like, oh, yeah. yeah, they need to take a break from watching TV right? once in a while. Yeah. It, I actually still like, not as much now as the, the twins are really reading Sure, yeah. They're, well, same. Now, but the same. up until recently, like, we were still reading some of those Berenstain Bears books, and... They still enjoyed them. A lot of the That's books that awesome. we 
that they liked were really books from when we when I was a kid, um, which I thought was was interesting. Like we were talking about the Sesame Street books, like or even you know Dr. Seuss books. Like all of those are still. For the most part, except for the ones that have been canceled, um, are still relevant and still are good lessons and things like that, which we still read. Some of them are, like I said, when I was a kid, we still have them. My mom kept a bunch of books from yeah, when we were kids. Yeah, my mom did too. In fact, I did recently donate a bunch of my Sesame Street books. I kept a couple that I named sure, earlier, sure. I think, but that was it. Yeah. Um, and then most of like the Dr. Seuss books that I got from... When I was growing up, mm-hmm. we had duplicates of. Sure, yeah. I will mention this because I think maybe you would like this. There's a series of books. They're called I Survived. And they touch on different like historical mm-hmm. My elements. twin boy is reading one I was going to say, right you now. might want to throw yeah. that your kid's way because mm-hmm. it might kind of lead them into historical fiction. Yeah. My daughter is reading Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. And my son is reading um, one of the I Survived books. And then... Uh, there was another book that he had. Uh, they're super into like Diary of a Wimpy, Diary of a Wimpy Kid, and like my those youngest kind likes of... Captain liked Captain Underpants for a really long yeah. time, which is still which is a little simpler, but um, right, yeah, yeah, but yeah. has but read similar. like all of those yep. and the Dogman yep. books. He yep. loved reading Dog those. Man, my daughter liked those. Yeah. Um. Well, if you ever want to borrow and I survived, I'm pretty sure I have every single. Oh, one. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so you don't sure. have to buy them. You do have to return them. Oh, but totally fine. Uh, yeah. We, you were, are welcome we go to, to the library every few weeks and take yeah, our books. My husband does that with the kids. He takes them. On Wednesdays or Thursdays after mm-hmm. school, he takes them to the library and they switch out books and yep. they'll get a video game and mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, they do that consistently, which is great. I'm glad yes. he does it because it's something that I would like, I wish Sharp, I was doing, but... but I don't spend a lot of time during the week with them and going to the library on the weekend, it just doesn't play out. No, I totally it get doesn't. it. Yeah. I'm going to just we usually go after school <laughs> or something during the week, but yeah. So anyways, all right, we're going to drink this ever vigilant which I believe is a coffee stout. A coffee stout. It smells like coffee. Mm. It's a very, very dark. Wow. It's really... What's the word I'm looking for? It's... It's not super carbonated it's not flat what am i looking for it's like it's very cold brew without anything added to it you know like a lot of times when you drink cold brew you put milk some sort of sugar sugar, some sort of or vanilla people put sweeteners no this is just this tastes like a cold brew that's actually yeah very i was trying to put my finger on it it's got that bitterness of the coffee to it it's not it's not that it's flat it's just that it it really does taste like a cold brew yeah but not as sharp and acidic as like a cold brew would taste if you put nothing in it because cold brew is very shocking to drink if you don't at least bat it down a little it doesn't have an adjunct to it it just tastes like a i don't want to say watered down because it doesn't taste like that but it's like if you put cold brew flavor into a beer yeah (laughs) So, but it, yeah. it tastes like a cold brew mixed with a stout, like just a base. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. And that's, exactly. that's kind of where we're at. But I it's like not, it. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's very not, smooth. It's not, like mm-hmm. I said, it doesn't have that like acidic kick that like a coffee 
flavoring would add at times to a stout this yes. is really good no this and it's good. not it's not overly bitter mm-hmm. like you get the coffee flavor to it when you taste it but it's yeah. not a lingering bitterness that you mm-hmm. sometimes get with the coffee flavor like the smoothness i think of it cuts that and right. you get that bitter coffee at front but it's not you know it's not in a bad way right so definitely Ooh. yeah I like it. That was great. Well, nice to have visited, let me read this name again, Effing Brew Company. Yes. (laughs) I'm going to get that right eventually. If you're heading through central Illinois and happen to be driving through Effingham, you've got a brewery to visit. You've got a restaurant to visit. And if you want to see the town of big things, you're like a half hour away. I hope everybody's going to Google Casey, Illinois now because they don't know what we mean when we say the town of big things. You should Google it. Just do it. It'll be worth it. Fantastic. (laughs) All right. This was great. Yep. See you guys next time. Bye. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the latest musings from Parenting by the Pint. Be sure to find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you find your podcasts. Have a great week, and cheers to you all.